Welcome to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast, presented by HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, and its Digital Marketing Council. And now, your host, Lauren Gray. And hello, everyone, to this edition of Hospitality Digital Marketing. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, where we spend about 20 minutes each week discussing new and relevant things in the world of hospitality. That includes tools, techniques, news. We try to echo a little bit of what we do in our Blabcast each week at 10.30 on Fridays. If you're not familiar with that show, it is uh, 10.30 a.m. Central Time on Blab.im. It's a visual interface where four of us get together and literally discuss a little bit of what we talk about here in the podcast. Uh, But the podcast here for us is to, uh, for those who can't join us live or can't join us visually, it gives you about 20 minutes of a bit of a recap of some of the topics that we discussed. We break it up into three categories, tools, things that might be useful in the marketplace, Uh, news, but not from a reporting as to first out, but rather the impact that the news features that we find are relevant uh, out there on your daily business. And then, of course, any techniques and things, uh, products and so forth that have been used successfully in our space and where you may be able to adopt their usage. With that in mind, one of the tools that we did talk about this uh, past week was Adobe Spark. Now, what makes it an interesting tool to consider? In this world of social media and our need to engage with it, we need tools. Now, this is a free tool that Adobe has rolled out for uh, iOS and Android, uh, usable on your phones and iPads and tablets. And what it allows is uh, to make up for the parts that we don't have our skill sets in, uh, how to make a picture look pretty, how to put text on a picture. Uh, why is this important? Well, as we know in social media, it's a very visual experience and people uh, respond well. We've talked about this in the previous podcast uh, for visual uh, postings in Facebook. Of course, Instagram is nothing but visual, Snapchat, visual. Um, but the Adobe Spark is a tool that can be used because you can uh, choose from fonts and from filtering techniques and so forth. And it's not so much that you yourself may have to do these pictures and what have you, but you can help your staff learn how to use this. So if the bellman sees something unique enough for him to want to take a picture of it, uh, you just have to tell him what font you would always want people to use and give them access to a logo that you might want them to use or a filter for the pictures that they, you would like to keep as a branding type filter. That's something that consistently is shown every time you post things and allows them to create this and send it to you where you could then take it and post it for yourself or if you want to give them authorization to actually access the account which we've talked about other platforms that give this ability but if you wanted to give them this chance to directly post for you uh, you could give them access to your Instagram or your Facebook account and that's something we recommend but then again we don't know your operation and the people that are even get involved with it so you might find it very useful that you give this access So if you get the chance, take a a moment to go look at Adobe Spark. It is for free. It is in the uh, uh, iTunes store and also in Google Play. Um, With that, we'll move over to a little bit of what's going on in news, what we talked for both last week's Blab and a little bit of this week's Blab. We did a carryover conversation, and that was Facebook. Facebook um, announced that they're doing a dynamic ad for travel, ads for travel. Well, what does this mean? Well, um, as we know, Facebook knows a lot about us and our users and our guests and so forth from all the things that we do on Facebook. And we know that from conversations we had about advertising for Facebook, you have a lot of tools at your disposal to create filters so that you can better target your message to people within the Facebook ecosystem uh, that are interested in your product. Maybe it's your destination. Maybe it's a certain demographic profile. Well, all that data is available for Facebook for ads to be made. Now, we've had many discussions that we have webinars on that. You can find all of that on hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. And of course, we keep it as an active conversation in our blab uh, and our webinars. 
So with all that in mind, the dynamic ads is ability of Facebook now to pull in real inventory uh, that you have available at the rates that you're asking for in live time, in real time. So instead of simply having static ads in the hopes of bringing them to yet another platform for them to then have to discover what it is that they would want from you and to, to discover what the rate may be on the dates that they're interested in, you literally can offer, based on your availability and the rates that you're asking for, ads specific to those people's interests. Why that makes that powerful? Well, as with anything Google, with anything Facebook, there's a lot of that discovery period that happens on their platforms that they know about. And they know that these people may be looking at interest maybe at your destination. And they may be knowing that they are of that profile that is most interested in your product. And with that ability for you to create filtered ads on Facebook, you can now use your live inventory and your live rates. It may be a carousel ad in a newsfeed that's very specific to their travel interests. So the opportunity for improved conversion dramatically improves because you're really hitting them at a time that they are most likely to be interested and in are being most likely presented product at a price point that they would find most interesting, which is really the value of what dollars are spent in marketing anyway. Rather than the old adage, I have 50% of my marketing is working, I just don't know what 50%, it's an old statement, but it still holds some relevance. Well, now you're able to better improve what the odds are by offering people at a time that they're most interested, a product they're most interested in. And that's what makes Facebook dynamic ads exceptionally valuable in the world of uh, including it into your marketing strategy. And it's only going to get bigger and it's only going to get better and it's only going to get more valuable. And so right now it's uh, probably the most affordable because so few people are jumping into it. The caveat, unfortunately, is not available for the average user as of yet. It still has to be through an agency re uh, relationship. So if you are using agencies, please reach out to your agency and see if they have the ability to use the dynamic ads. But it does bring us to another topic that is uh, front of mind, and that is meta search. It's a term that most people don't understand and most people below a large brand level don't know that they even have availability for. Now they may know it uh, through their channel management programs. And if I'm speaking an alternate language to you, channel management uh, programs are programs that control your inventory on all the variety of platforms that you have availability for, whether it be your OTAs, your online travel agents, the Expedia's, the hotels, price lines of the world, or on other channels as well. Now, MetaSearch is above and beyond that. Um, to understand what MetaSearch is, when you look at TripAdvisor, and as much as they don't want to say they are, they are an online travel agency now, they're an OTA. And we've had that as a topic many, many times on our discussions here and also on our blab. Um, and you have many opportunities to place ads within TripAdvisor in their instant book program as well. Well, you need to be able to be in MetaSearch to do a lot of those platforms. Yes, you can take your business listing and yes, you can do CPC modeling with them. And yes, you can have your ads showing on TripAdvisor. But there's these other categories, these Chevron dropdowns, these availability dropdowns, these availability placards that pop up and overlays. That's all meta search. And in order to be in that space, your data has to be able to be pulled in, your inventory has to be connected, and your rates have to be available on a percentage volume of, of um, accuracy. Google requires at least 95% accuracy that they're pinging in the milliseconds. Uh, your rates and availability so that they can show up in the Hotel Finder program and their commission program. Um, and so too with TripAdvisor and so too with any of the, the meta search platforms, Kayak. And to be in that space, um, th there are some channel managers that handle that. DerbySoft has a DP1 program that has that. Uh, there are other platforms out there that tend to scrape data 
um, that the, so the uh, inventory that they're offering up from you is not as current as the live data set that a Derbysoft does for you. And then there's a whole meta search platform that are for only large scales, enterprise level uh, relationships for the big brands like Marriott and Hilton that meta search uh, satisfies for as well. So it's a very growing topic and it's a very growing percentage of your marketing strategy, channel strategy that you have to begin to consider. Now, does it help all the smaller ownership groups and the independent hotels? Yes, you have avenues of success with that. You have the ability based on your booking agent platform, the ability to connect to larger systems so that you do have those as options for marketing. Uh, of course, if you're a larger operation, you should already be aware of MetaSearch because um, you should be already using it. But it's a topic that uh, keeps coming up and it keeps coming up in a more broader sense because as more and more data is able to be shared between these platforms, not just what's called ARI data, which is your availability rates and, and uh, information, which is your NAP information, name, address, and phone number, uh, in addition to images and content. Uh, all that has to be shared up on platforms that can be used by these meta search systems so that they can be placed into your TripAdvisor ad campaigns. They can be placed into your Google HPA programs. They can be placed into the Kayak placement programs. Um, that's all a whole different world than the OTA programs that are uh, where you have to rate and load your inventory directly through them through via channel manager, or if you have a direct connect to them. Now, probably went around in a big circle for a lot of people going, wow, that was a lot of things I was not aware of. But in fact, they're out there. If you're working with agencies, you need to ask about them. If they're handling your paid services program, they should already be coming to you with these options. If they're not, then you need to consider the agency you're dealing with to make sure that they're in tune with all the things that you need to make sure that your inventory is in front of the market and your guests. So with that, let's move over to a couple other conversations that we had via the Blabs this week, which are great topic points for us here. Um, one was uh, Google just had their I.O. Uh, conference uh, of 2016, and they launched what they are now just nicknaming Google Assistant, um, which is very impressive because what it is doing it is driving Google to their new mission statement, and that is making Google the ultimate personal assistant. It's a, a verbal dialogue uh, platform in which you're able to ask more robust questions. It's their answer to what we saw Lexus with uh, the Echo uh, unit from Amazon where you're able to talk to it, an inanimate object, and say to play certain music or to uh, find out certain questions to be answered, much of what we're already familiar with, with Siri and Cortana from Microsoft. But this whole voice control, voice engagement um, is getting more advanced in the sense that it's uh, an easier interface. Uh, matter of fact, at this upcoming Rock conference, which is the revenue optimization conference uh, made, created by uh, HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales Marketing Association International, come up in New Orleans, uh, January, what is the date for us? Uh, I think it's the 23rd, uh, 22nd, June 22nd is Rock Revenue Optimization Conference. I'm actually speaking at it for 35 minutes. And one of the sections that I'm going to be going over is this new and scary world of voice interfaces. And the reason why it's a new and scary world is not just because of Google's Assistant rolling out, uh, and not just because Siri is getting smarter, better, faster, uh, but there's also programs of, uh, called Vive that are out there. Now, for those that were more geekish back in the day, Siri used to be an app that you could download to your Apple phone. Well, now um, it got incorporated into Apple. Apple bought it and brought it into their main operating system of their phone. Well, the people that first built Siri didn't all go to Apple. Some people went off onto their own after getting a very large check, I'm sure. And they've created a new platform that uh, we've, we talked about on the Blab last week, and the links are available on the Blab and also on hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. 
and it's called Vive, V-I-V. If you get the chance to go to YouTube, look up Vive software, Vive voice command. This is an interface that is scary in a good way and scary in a bad way. The good way is it is closer to talking to like the Star Trek computer for all of you Star Trek fans, um, where you are dialoguing with a, a semi-intelligent uh, conversation. Um, it, it allows you to do things where for Siri right now, you can say, Siri, what is the, the, the score of the Dallas Cowboys when it's football season? It'll tell you the current score, the latest score. Um, it'll also, when it doesn't have a specific answer, it'll give you options like, well, this is what I found on the web. And that's the part that they're trying to get away from. Well, well Vive, you can ask more robust questions like, will it be warmer at five o'clock tomorrow than it was two days ago? And it will be able to tell you an answer. Uh, pay John the $20 for drinks last night. And because it knows who John is, because it's access to your contacts, and it knows and has access to your payment systems of things, PayPal or whatever, Apple Pay or whatever, uh, it'll know what you're asking for, and it'll say, great, I sent $20 to John for you. Uh, it also means that you can go and say, I want to travel to New York. Oh, it'd be great next week uh, because the weather is, because they know it knows the weather you like, uh, on the flights that you like, on the hotels that you like. And I found really great hotel prices and such and such. It'll actually be able to dialogue with you. And how it does this is the scary uh, bad part, I guess. And that is it writes its own programs. It literally creates the, the logic string to answer your intended question. So first it tries to uh, understand the, the intent of your question. And then it creates in microseconds a logic string of where it needs to pull what resources and in what sequence for what purpose to answer your question. That's the amazing part. Right? And it kind of goes back to the Skynet days of the Terminator, right? A self-aware uh, program that can write its own program. But that's a little bit of what, what Watson does with IBM. That's what AI is being used for um, with rank, uh, ranking with Google at this point. So it's not, uh, it's not science fiction anymore. It's, it's really part of this. So how does this relate to hospitality? It relates to hospitality because Google uh, launched their Google Assistant, which is, looks like an air freshener, but it's, it's like an Amazon Echo. Um, it, it, it means that you're walking around and you can say things and get answers, which also means you can buy and book things, which means it's all the more important that you have relevant data that it can use to understand that you might be one of those things that a guest may want to have. If somebody's wanting a romantic beachside getaway uh, for beautiful sunsets versus sunrises, uh, then this Google Assistant, this Vive, this, this, this Echo will go and say, ah, let's do the west coast of Florida compared to the west coast of California because it knows you like Florida and it, you want sunsets rather than sunrises, so west coast rather than east coast and romantic and that knows that you have had a history of, of bed and breakfasts and that you like uh, cottage type bed and breakfasts and because you want beachside and it knows to go out and reach and find the data and maybe your data that you offered in your website and on platforms like MetaSearch and so forth that are tied to all these, these abilities to book will know that you have availability in real time of a beachfront cottage type room facing the west coast in florida in a place that you, that would be uh, relevance high relevance to the person that asked the the google assistant the question and all of a sudden it's saying oh i found a beautiful spot in such and such town and uh, you would have to fly into tampa and you're an american airlines person and here's the flight forward and i can book it for you do you want me to book it and literally talk to this inanimate object and it'll handle the transaction for you 
that's where most of the scary stuff of happy thoughts go to. But it also means that if you don't have their content in these platforms, if you're not engaged and connected to these platforms, you're not going to be one of those things that come up in the results. Simple as that. So with that, we also talked a little bit about when the rewards rolling out their new program. Uh, Robert Cole, one of my uh, co-broadcasters um, uh, for Blab uh, and, and hosts, uh, had a scratch of the head moment for it because he doesn't know whether or not it actually improved the desire to have a Windows reward program or confused it. And the principal uh, idea he had with that is that there's no differentiation between the types of Wyndham product at this point. So in his mind, uh, go to the cheapest Wyndham you can, generate as many points as you can get because you're, you're generating the same amount of points whether you stay there or at a high-end place. Yeah. And then when you're ready to cash in, go to a high-end place because it's going to cost you the same amount of points as if you try to redeem them at a low-end place. And I say high and low-end not because of the quality but of the, the type of product. I mean, obviously, a full-scale resort is not the same as a roadside hotel that you need to stay in for transit. So that was his confusion because normal rewards programs, for those that are familiar with them and use them, is that it's more expensive to stay at the more opulent locations uh, and less expensive when it comes to redemption of rewards for the less opulent. Well, Wyndham has standardized that and said they're both uh, rewards-based are the same. So we wonder what behind-the-scenes value propositions were being given for redemption value to the expensive places versus the uh, more affordable rate places. So with that, uh, we discussed a little bit of the Windows Rewards program. Um, and then we just say, we, we, we have a little scratch head moment about uh, the uh, Expedia uh, kind of doubling down on their statement that uh, they represent a better value proposition to hotels than brands do. And we thought that was an interesting topic of why they would, well, from their vantage point, they have to make those kind of statements because if they saw themselves as less of a value, then what are they in the business for? So obviously they're making a statement, um, but then they step, kept with it and said that they really do feel based on the cost of what it takes to bring the guest to the hotel, that it is uh, less impact um, channel-wise, cost-wise, than what the brand requires based on all of the ancillary uh, payments that you have to create in that relationship. There is some merit to that process, but to remember two, well, the identical thing to both. You as the hotelier, whether you're, it's a brand relationship or whether it's the OTA that brings you the business, the one thing that you persistently lose is the data of the guest how they got there and why you got them. Now, that's valuable. And in the world of what we just talked about with uh, Vive and Google Assistant and so forth, data about your guest and how you can reach out to them is as valuable as the business relationship you have with them. Now, uh, Ed Senange uh, today from Flip2 made a very profound statement uh, because I was contending that Skynet was being built and um, that we were losing the ability to be first in line to our guests, even if the guests wanted to dialogue with us directly because of all these new improvements in technology. And he made a very, very candid statement. He says, you know, that may be true. We may lose our ability to totally control, if at ever to control, the method of gaining our guests, but we have complete control on keeping the relationship with the guests once we have them. And that is a very, very accurate statement that if you as an independent hotelier or as a freestanding restaurant in the world of franchise restaurants and what have you are sitting back going, I just don't have the scale to bring to market what they do. You do have what is at the core of what we offer in hospitality. Create that experience for that individual. They will share that experience with their friends similar to them so that even though they may not be the ones that return, their friends will be the ones that come because of the experience you gave them. And that's the controllable that you have. And to create that lifetime value of a guest by 
inspiring that relationship with them. Yes, a roadside hotel, you may say, that's great, they, they passed through once, I'm not going to get them again. Yes and no, you may not get them again, but they certainly will tell about their experience about how they found this great place that you had because you gave them such a great hospitality experience. And maybe not them, but those that they tell. And we know in this world of social media, that's a large footprint, larger than it has been for anybody. The people that we are connected to and the numbers of people that are connected to them in the comparison of the history prior to the internet is any one of us is a movie star from the 60s or the 50s or the 40s. We know more people that we can reach out to and talk to in first or second degree. And Facebook actually did a neat little degrees of separation. The average separation between anyone in the world to anyone in the world is a little over three. Now we all had that fun game of uh, six degrees of uh, separation from Kevin Bacon. Well, it's down to three, meaning that from whom I know, down three more people, I can talk to anybody in the world. That's amazing. That's truly amazing, the influence that we have, the footprint that we have. So keep in mind, Creating the hospitality experience for each individual that comes through your door is truly still the singular best marketing success that you can create. With that, we just want to remind everyone that high tech is just but a couple of weeks away. And if you're not familiar with high tech, that is HFTP's Hospitality Industry Technology Conference, in which you get to see all the latest, greatest toys, platforms, software, services that are related to the hospitality industry. I will be there. I will be broadcasting live from there. I'll try to record a couple of podcast interviews while I'm there. Uh, on products that we find are uh, new and com coming or are changing what they're doing to be better and bigger. But whatever it is, we will make sure that you are aware of it via this podcast or the Blab that we do every week, Fridays at 10.30 on Blab.im. And I know it sounds like a funny name, but it is a, a neat platform in which we can have four of us visually on screen and you can join us. You can be one of those chairs and join us if you have an opinion. We have people from around the world, industry leaders, revenue management leaders, ownership people. We have a kind of a cross cut about anybody that's in the hospitality industry. Uh, join us from time to time uh, from around the world and express their opinion and bring to us things that we weren't aware of, of what's happening or things to do better by case study. So with that, this is uh, the end of this week's session of This Week in Hospitality's podcast. I appreciate your time being spent with us, and we look forward to the next episode of This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing. Thank you, and have a great week. You have been listening to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast with Lauren Gray. Presented by the Digital Marketing Council of HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All views expressed are those of the host and his guests and do not reflect upon HSMAI or the sponsors of the podcast. Podcast and its content is protected by international copyrights. Any use not authorized by hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com is in violation.